Welcome to the Onyx Podcast. I'm this week's host, Dixie Cochran, here with Ian A.A. Watson and nobody else. Hello. Hi, Ian. How are you? I'm good. I feel like every time that I talk to you on the podcast, I have like a flashback of that first time we interviewed you. Where every 14 minutes it would reset. Yeah, we had to start the recording like three times. And I'm always like, please don't happen. Please don't happen. Please don't happen. Well, we've had multiple successful shows since then. I know. I just have like podcast PTSD. That was like our fourth episode or something. We had just started out. It was number four. And we had to... We had to act all surprised and like, hey, did you know? Wow, I didn't know that. Like, <laughs> yeah, that got old real fast. It really did. Uh, that said, if you want to hear more about when Ian first came into the industry, all that kind of stuff, that is an older episode. So we're not going to get super into that on this one. Uh, this is a tour of the Trinity Continuum. And who better to take us on that door than Ian? Um, so let's talk a little bit because currently the classic stuff is still on sale. Yes. So I I know that you weren't like involved in the production of the original Trinity. No, that was well before my time. Yeah, but I know that you know things about it. So do you want to talk a little bit about some of the things that are on sale and why people might find them interesting? If anybody you know wants to pick them up to add stuff to their current Trinity games, etc. Sure. Way back in 1996, uh, White Wolf started advertising that there was going to be a new science fiction game coming up. I was uh, 11. Yes. Uh, <laughs> It was a while ago. Yeah. Um, And uh, that, although a lot of the early announcements didn't name the product, uh, that was planned to be something called Exile, which was being done by Mark Ranhagen. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that was around the time that he left White Wolf. And so Exile left with him. And there was a whole only production schedule for a science fiction game. And luckily, very few of the ads had mentioned what it was going to be. Just, hey, keep an eye out for White Wolf's new science fiction game. Right. So in the span of about nine months, uh, Charlie Bates uh, created uh, what became Trinity. Which is, for for those who don't know, like that's a really short amount of time to put together a brand new book. Oh yeah, like from conception to actual release. Nine yeah, months. that's that's so fast. That's I mean, bananas. I can do like maybe a three adventure collection in that time for an existing system. Or maybe like a, a a slim supplement of some sort you can yep. get turned around, but that's about it. Any any of the big rule books generally take about a, a at least a year, um, and that's at not least. even like to get to shelves. Like it takes a little bit longer to even do that. So yeah. So that was not just creating the setting, but also keep in mind that this was the first book with the revised storyteller system. Yeah. Which yeah. ended up being used in Aberrant Adventure and then later for the first edition of Exalted. Oh, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was. That was 2001 that yes. that came out. So, yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, uh, it was first released as Aeon, but that lasted about two weeks um, when MTV came calling and said, your science fiction game called Aeon is confusingly similar to our science fiction cartoon called Aeon Flux. Which I do love Aeon Flux, but that's all kind of a weird take. <laughs> Yes. In, in, in my opinion. I mean, like, even not looking at any similarities whatsoever than it being a science fiction thing, I could kind of see MTV's point of view, like, hey, you're trying to write our coattails, don't do mm-hmm. that. And White Wolf, although they were one of the bigger RPG companies at the time, that's a very tiny industry. Yeah. And they did not have MTV fighting money. Yeah, because this this was the mid-90s, like mid, mid, mid to late 90s. MTV was at its peak 
for oh, yeah. those who are younger and and didn't live through that time. These are the days where like I used to come home every single day and get on the phone with my friend and watch TRL together. Mm-hmm. And when I was at my dad's house, I would stay up late and watch MTV Oddities, which mm-hmm. is where I saw Eon Flux when I was way too young for it. Yep. Aeon Flux, uh, The Max, uh, The Head. The Head. Yeah, yeah. That that was great stuff. Yeah. And I was a little too young and I used to get a little freaked out by some of it, but it was really (laughs) fun. Because, like, yeah, I mean, I'm like like 12 at this point. I had had seen one horror movie and it was Scream. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that scared me. Um, And it's it's so funny now, as much of a horror head as I am, to think about the fact that I used to watch Aeon Flux and just be like, this is weird and it has sex and it's a cartoon with sex in it. And I don't understand that. Yeah, and I'm I should not be watching this, but no one's going to stop me because I'm up very late. Oh man, sorry, I just I, no, I get no. so so nostalgic about the the, the MTV era sometimes because it's like that was the last time that I felt like we were living a truly like analog life. Look, it's understandable if you know <laughs> I'm casting my mind back 25 years. It's okay to reminisce a bit. Yeah, yeah, because like it, it it really was like my generation was kind of one of the last ones to have like an analog childhood, mm-hmm. and then a digital teen end up. Yes, there's um, the people, quote unquote, who uh, define generations. Uh, mm-hmm. There's like a five-year gap in between uh, sort of the the end of Gen X and the beginning of Millennials. Yep. One of the stupid names they've come up with is Zillennials. Ooh. Yeah, I don't like that. I it's dumb. I just use Elder Millennial. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it, it's essentially people like us who grew up with analog childhood and a digital adulthood. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it, it's a really strange place to be because when you we talk to somebody like like Eddie, for instance, mm-hmm. who's a decade my senior, you know, he he was analog until like college age, yeah. right? But for me, I'm like, no, I had MySpace when I was like 17. Mm-hmm. I had Facebook when I was like 22. Yeah, I had a cell phone that played Snake when I was 16. Like, I, you know, it's 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 strange. Yep. It is it is very strange to think about. But either way, this is the society into which Aeon was a problem for MTV. <laughs> yes. Um, so about two weeks later, uh, the the game had been rebranded because, like I said, White Wolf did not have MTV fighting money. Mm-hmm. And they went with Trinity because the main organization within the game is the Aeon Trinity. Right. So they just picked the other half of the name. And they sent out stickers for a lot of books to cover yes. up the, uh, the, the title. The limited edition, which was the first limited edition that White Wolf did, mm-hmm. uh, they they sent out stickers to retailers to cover up the Aeon on the front and the, the back uh, with Trinity instead. Right. Most retailers didn't actually do that. So it's still far easier to find one of these limited editions that just says Aeon than it is to find one with a sticker on it. Right. Um, but, oh, and... Uh, because they had to do this so quickly, there were a few find-replace errors within the book where the Aeon Trinity has become the Trinity Trinity. <laughs> oh, I, I, I love stuff like that. Um, yeah. Especially when it replaces like part of a word is, mm-hmm. is my favorite. Like the wizard? Yes, I love the wizard. Because replacing mage with wizard is a problem. Because you get the wizard, you get I wizard, yep. you get all kinds of strange words that happen to have M-A-G-E in them. That's that's why I always caution editors against doing a find replace unless they're absolutely certain there's no way that word could appear anywhere else. Oh yeah, if if I do something like that, unless I'm like finding replacing like a full big thing where you know there's not going to be any duplication, right? Um, yeah, I just do one by one by one by one just to double check. Right, exactly. Because yeah, it's. 
it is funny when that happens, but also embarrassing when it makes it into a book. So, actually, uh, I I used I, I went with that very same problem uh, when we were doing Victorian Mage. Oh, really? Because in the era, no one refers to them as mages. They're mm. all magi, maga, magus. Right. So I had to do a find and replace on mage. Oh no! I mean, oh no! <laughs> I I did it one by one, and right. most of the authors were pretty good about it. But yeah, it. it it's just interesting that I had to deal with the same problem. Yeah, no. Whenever I work on uh, any Pugmire books, and I'm, I'm I'm currently working on TV, which is super exciting, mm-hmm. um, I have to go through and do a find for every instance of the word hand, because mm-hmm. inevitably one will sneak in there. Yeah. But if I do a find or place, as we were saying, then words like handle will become mm-hmm. Paul. And that's not a word. No. That's, that's that's terrible. So yeah, I have to look at every single instance of hand in a Pugmire book before I send it back because it's like, usually one slips in. Mm-hmm. Someone will just offhandedly not think about it and say like, oh, then she raised her hand. And like, yeah. we, we, we don't do that in Pugmire. So no. yeah, it's 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 funny. But okay, so that's that's the limited. Yep. Uh, so yeah, the, when the regular edition came out, it was Trinity with mm-hmm. uh, the renaming. Um. And uh, the the logo actually changed uh, a couple times within the first year, um, and then they started sneakily advertising something called aberrant, mm. with uh, the the R's in aberrant had little nines in the uh, in in the holes of the R. Oh yeah, just to sort of indicate that this was coming out in 1999. And the first thought with most people was that it was going to be um, you know an aberrant supplement for for Trinity. Wearing, mm-hmm. like a monster manual sort of thing detailing you know the worst of the worst grr right uh, and uh then when aberrant came out it was actually detailing the superheroic heyday of the uh the aberrants then called novas in um the the near future of 2008 <laughs> which was about 10 uh 10 yeah 10 years 20 years in the future at that time yeah 10 years I forgot what I was watching. I think it was one of the Terminator movies, but it had like the original date something happened and then it goes today. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so this canonically is taking place in 2022? Like, yeah. but no, no, they meant, you know, 1990, whatever. Yes. <laughs> um, so that was uh, 1999. So two years after uh, Trinity had come out. Yeah. And uh, that was that was the first game that White Wolf released where there is a separate character creation process for uh, a baseline human, and then you add a template on top of that. Oh, cool. I actually hadn't realized that the template system came from the originals, because I've never played the uh, the 1E stuff. Mm-hmm. I love the template system. It's so easy. So everything that's come with, like, with both with the new edition and with Chronicles of Darkness, that all comes back to Aberrant. That's I, awesome. I believe it was also the first game that separated... Uh, the three types of damage, bashing, uh, lethal, and aggravated into like three distinct things that you mark on the character sheet. Because mm-hmm. uh, Vampire Revised only did two. Oh yeah, it did, didn't it? Uh, it described aggravated as, I think, just unsoakable lethal. Like it, There's only two different markings that you make on the character sheet, but Aberrant was the first one to use all three. So, lots of interesting innovations. Yeah, like knowing how much of the games that I was playing in like high school were colored by this this specific book that i did not hear about until i was a full adult mm-hmm. um is is fascinating to me because for some reason my group never picked up like even though we were we were all white wolf fans we were all like specifically like the monster games the world of darkness right um well, and i mean that was yeah. the case with most people 
Yeah, yeah. It's 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 just interesting because we did mm-hmm. branch out to other games sometimes, and I'm just surprised that we never picked this up. You know, mm-hmm. that's so cool. Uh, and uh, sales for Trinity and Aberrant kind of declined. For if they had been published by pretty much any of the game publisher, they would have been rising successes. But mm-hmm. because of the overhead of a large company like White Wolf, they couldn't really maintain the output. It wasn't really worth it to them to continue publishing right. those games mm-hmm. so uh they had a sort of imprint sort of subsidiary called art house which operated as a small company so i mean in in today's terms we'd probably call it an indie company right, right. um so uh aberrant and trity were moved there to art house for a few books uh and in 2001 um well white wolf management was sort of going to leave it there just okay there's trinity there's aberrant and Mm-hmm. There had been a planned trilogy, and Rich Thomas was pushed. He said, "No, th- there's going to be a pulp book, and it's going to be one and done. We're going to do one book, mm-hmm. and it's going to be great, and we're going to make it, make it happen." And finally, he convinced everyone, All right, "We're going to make it happen." Yeah, because there were a ton of small supplements for Aberrant and Aeon, weren't there? Yes, there were. Or Trinity, yeah, because like yes. I, I picked up a bunch at a used bookstore a while back because I, I thought they were cool. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's, it, I, I, once again, still just surprised that I never like heard of this game when I was younger because That's I spent wild. so much time in game stores, <laughs> but I, I guess my game stores were pretty heavily like, here's D&D and here's Vampire the Masquerade. Enjoy your life. You know? I mean, that's fair. I mean, they want to, to highlight the big sellers, right? Right. This was the late 90s, early aughts when I would have been doing all this. So yeah. Yeah. So uh, Adventure came out in 2001 and uh, yeah, it was like printed on nice pulpy paper. It had a, a really nice look and feel to it. And it's it's probably, I think, one of the best, if not the best, single core rule books that White Wolf did because they knew they were just doing one book. Mm-hmm. So they made it the best book they could make. They weren't, you know, no no future planning for any supplements. It was just the one book. Right. And interestingly, even though this was essentially the last book or one of the final books, this the overall setting hadn't really had a name up to this point. Mm-hmm. But there's one reference in the back of Adventure which refers to it as the Aeon Continuum. And that is the only time that the overall setting was given a name in first edition. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. I, every time I talk to you, I learn something. <laughs> like every time I talk to you, I learn something, especially about Trinity. My brain's full of weird little tidbits. Oh, uh, fun fact. Um, the the date that the uh, unlimited edition of the original Trinity came out, so uh, not not the deluxe edition, the limited edition, but mm-hmm. the, the regular one, um, that was November 10th, 1997. And okay. coincidentally, <clears throat> that was the same date in the World of Darkness that Deustep fell and the uh, the digital web crashed. Huh. So Trinity's release caused such a stir, it <laughs> blew up the internet. Oh no, the opnet. Um, yeah, so, uh, that was, oh, uh, yeah, supplements for, for, um, Trinity and Aberrant continued to come out for a little bit mm-hmm. after Adventure did, but not a whole lot. Uh, Terra Verde, which was the, the Norsa and Sudamerica source book, mm-hmm. was White Wolf's first PDF for sale. Once again, you're, you're blowing my mind. I'm yep. just like learning <laughs> fact after fact. December, 2001. So. If you That's enjoy so cool. drive through RPG, it all came from Terra Verde. That's awesome. 
that 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 makes me happy because I you know obviously we love drive through over here. Yes. Um, and I yeah. It's, now I want to go see if Terra Verde is one of the ones that I picked up just to be like, aha. Well, if you picked it up in the store, no, because oh, was was it PDF only? It was PDF only because Ew. this was during the time where they were, you know, deciding like okay, even moving stuff to Art House to sell a few books, it's still not successful enough to keep that going the long term. Mm-hmm. So Terra Verde was their first attempt at, hey, let's sell this as PDF only. That way we don't have to have to actually publish a book, right? That's so awesome considering that that's now like standard. Like everybody yeah. does PDFs, which is mm-hmm. which is great because, you know, for, for certain things, they're really easily searchable. You can take your iPad with you to a game, whatever. Yeah. Um, I personally prefer the physical book still, which is why, according to my downstairs neighbor, who is a decade younger than me, my apartment looks like something that an ant would have. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I have I have been told by somebody who only owns like twelve books in their apartment. Uh, now, now, lest I, I claim credit for the the whole of Drive Through RPG, I think Monty Cook mm-hmm. was selling PDFs for a year or two beforehand. Right. But Drive Through RPG was founded by Steve Wick, and Steve Wick, of course, came from White Wolf. Mm-hmm. So th- there is a, a through line there, but it's not like White Wolf did not invent the PDF. That's awesome, though. Yeah, that's super cool. Um, so since that's kind of all the first edition stuff, what of those do you think, like, is there anything that you recommend people pick up for use with their current Trinity games just to give some interesting setting flavor or maybe a variation on something that we wrote? Um, cause I know that people love to see like the original versus the update sometimes, mm-hmm. or they like to find little setting tidbits that we haven't put in there yet or aren't going to, but maybe they want it for their game. First edition goes into a bit more detail in various parts of the world in uh, the Trinity slash Aeon. Mm-hmm. Um, because they had, what, like seven source books to do it in? Right. Uh, so each one can focus a solid chapter on a section of the world. Uh, whereas when we did Terra Firma, we gave an overview of each major uh, country not not even like a lot of the minor ones, mm-hmm. just the, the major political powers and one city within that country, uh, just to give sort of a, a representation. Like right. if, if you need a place within this country here is a good one to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're not going to go into detail as much details, details first edition did. Um, so if you want to use first edition as a resource for more of the world as it exists in the 2120s, that would be a great use for it. Uh, additionally, you could use that as a resource to update the material and stick it on the Storypath Nexus. No, totally. Yeah, that's that, that's always an option. Mm-hmm. I love Storypath Nexus, and I love the things people have created for it because it's 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 so interesting to see what other people want to see in the world, mm-hmm. especially if it's stuff that we haven't thought of or just didn't plan to do, right. but they want to see it in there. That's a great place for it. Uh, for Aberrant, uh, Aberrant setting is a bit more different tonally and there are a few more setting changes than there were in Aeon. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say as much of it is useful in a game, but I might pick up um, Fear and Loathing, which was the uh, the book with uh, Duke Rollo. The, um... I, I, I do own that one as one that okay. I picked up. It yeah. is super fun. Yeah, that it's, it's a great look into the world of Aberrant through the eyes of a gonzo journalist and uh a lot of that even if some of the details might differ a lot of that feel can inform 
I mean, Duke Rolo still exists in the new edition, and he's mm-hmm. still as off kilter as always. So, and it's still written by Justin Achille, I think, it was the same person who wrote both yes. of them, right? Justin wrote the original, and Justin came back uh, as a special favor to write the new edition. Swine and cheese party. It yes. is. It involves throwing bears at the moon. That's yes. that's that's all I need to tell anybody. It's yes. it's it's so ridiculous and Gonzo, and I freaking love it. I believe it was Vicious Magyar Two, the Nova who does that. Maybe I, I I don't remember. I edited it so long ago, yeah. but it was fun. It's a fun book. Yes, it, it was a delight to read. And uh, one of the uh, one of the initial concepts that Jess and I were tossing around for that didn't end up getting used, but I did manage to recycle it for the Earth Orbital Habitat uh, Story Path uh, uh, Taste mm-hmm. Story Path Taste Bay, yeah. uh, where um, uh, Duke Rola gets banned from space. <laughs> Right, right, right. Just like one small little paragraph, but it was fun. I loved that tasty bit too, although it had me doing math and researching shapes that I didn't know had names. Yeah. Uh, because I I strive to make sure things are accurate in books. And there was enough math in there that I was like, I'm going to check the math. Yeah, I did too. And I screwed it up. Oops. Well, I'm glad that you fixed it then. No. Or didn't uh, fix it. I, I, I unfixed it. Oh, okay. The, the original math was solid, but I looked at it and, and said, that doesn't look right. So I checked it in an online calculator, which I have not been able to find since, and it gave me a bad result. So I used that, although like the result intuitively felt better. <laughs> okay, so what 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 I'm saying is I am an English major, so don't don't expect me to check math. <laughs> Look, I got a hundred percent in math for programming, and I fucked this up. Okay, it it happens. Just it doesn't stop the fun train. If if you're going to sit there and check our math, we're sorry. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Whether the the Earth orbital habitat rotates like once every twenty minutes or once every two minutes, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, as as, as long as you want to hang out up there, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But yeah, no, I was I was concerned about like centrifugal force. I think I, I don't even know. I got once again, I I I edit things and they leave my brain. Yeah. But I did learn there was a name for that shape, and I thought that was really interesting. Yep. Yeah. I've forgotten what it was, obviously, because brain. But there is a name for it, and that's cool. But yeah, no, I, I freaking love Duke, Duke Rolo. I love mm. the, you know, Gonzo Hunter S. Thompson writing yeah. style that is clearly being emulated. And I think it's a lot of fun to imagine some of the weirder characters that might be hanging out in the Nova Age. You know, because we've, we've, we've got all of our kind of superhero, supervillain type characters, but there are also just people that are weird. Mm-hmm. Just hanging oh, out. And uh, our own Rich Thompson. Uh, sorry, Rich Thomas as Ron Thompson, uh, I should say. Uh, illustrated both Fear and Loathing and um, uh, Swine and Cheese Party. Swine and Cheese Party. Thank you. It, I I have it up on my screen right now. It's the only way that I remember anything. Yes. But yeah, no, and they are very much Fear and Loathing yes. adjacent, which is kind of the point, obviously. It's not kind yes. of the point. It is the point. Yes. Um, all right. So those are a couple things that you could pick up to be interesting supplements. Of course, if you, if you want to read any of the uh, older editions, uh, Drive RPG has your back. Um, and a lot of them are currently 90% off, literally yep. 90% off, because we're, we're in our last month of the Onyx Path 10th anniversary sale, mm-hmm. and Trinity was our final game line. So you have a few days left to get deep, deep discounts on some early Trinity materials if you want to look at those. So that's three core books for like $3? Something like that. No, it's, it's like, it's two eighty because two of them are 90 cents. So $2.80 to get three rule books yeah i think that's a good deal personally speaking of which uh adventure the new edition is set 
10 years after Adventure First Edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah, talked about that with Danielle uh, yes. a couple weeks ago. It's not quite a sequel, but as you said, if we're uh, looking for First Edition stuff that we can use as source material for New Edition, mm-hmm. pick up the original edition, see what the, the Aeon Society was like within its first 10 years, or at least within its first year, and uh, then you can sort of use that to build out your, your history for the new edition. Yeah, I mean, Dan, Danielle said in, in our interview that she didn't really change much as far as going from like 20s to 30s. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it really kind of is a sequel on some level yeah. in that most of the facts that were established are still established. Mm-hmm. It's just that things have changed in the past 10 years. Right. Um, because, you know, times change. And also we wanted to set it in the 30s so you could punch Nazis. Yes. Because uh, um, that's always fun. That was the, the main argument. Yeah. Um, also, just I think that, I don't know, the like 30s feel more of that kind of era to me, just in general. Uh, let's let's go back into a little bit of history again. Um, oh, okay, okay. Most of the, the what we can consider the pulps, uh, Indiana Jones, uh, The Shadow, The Phantom, uh, all of that sort of thing. Yeah. They're set in the 1930s, usually uh, around like 1938-ish. Right. Uh, between 36 and 38. Partly because, you know, that's the rise of the Nazis and Nazis are great bad guys. Mm-hmm. Now, when they were originally creating Adventure First Edition, they thought, okay, you know, Nazis, they're kind of a played out trope. So let's rewind the clock a little bit and set it in the 20s. So we still have a lot of pulp stuff to explore, but we're not just relying on Nazis again. We don't right. want to make them cartoonish and ineffectual because, oh, geez, it's the Nazis. But uh-huh. in, in 2022... I think we need to punch some more Nazis. Yeah, no, I'm down. So it made sense to move things back up to closer to the original pulp era. That is actually really interesting that it was was originally like, oh, it's kind of played out. We don't want to do it again. No, it's like, no, it's fine. Yeah. It's it's, it's, it's relevant, um, sadly. But yeah, so that's that's awesome. So we didn't talk. So as far as current Trinity, Mm -hmm. um, I know you've told the story before about how you came on. Yes. There's no no need to rehash all of that if you want to listen to other Ian interviews we have talked to uh, him a few times about you know how how you joined this this whole thing and I think it was even it's going to be on the website soon you got a little quote about it so yeah probably that's pretty cool so we started what, when did we start doing Trinity and when did we decide to break it into two books for the core uh, that decision came pretty early on okay uh, I think that decision was something I was thinking about before Onyx Path existed oh so, okay yeah, that goes back a few years. So um, are, are, are you the reason we did that for Scion as well? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I had no involvement with Scion. Oh, okay. It could be Neil listened to my proposal and thought, hey, that's a good idea. I guess I can ask him. Well, no, it wouldn't have been Neil at that time, would it? It would have been... No, uh, it would have been... Um, Joseph Garriker. Yes. So it's possible, but I, I had no involvement in that decision personally. Okay. Uh, I, I should know if you were the inspiration. <laughs> Yeah, uh, around 2004-ish, around the time Chronicles of Darkness uh, first came out, uh, I saw the way they were doing things with the one main rulebook, which was new, and then sort of mm-hmm. applying templates, the applying a vampire template, applying a wordable template. And I thought, hey, that's neat. We already have the template system. Why don't we do the same thing with Trinity? So I started working with a few fans. Uh, I, I put fans in quotation marks because... It was people like uh, Stu Wilson and uh, John Sneed, who are, you know, obviously fully involved now. Right. I think, I think John had been involved in first edition as well. So mm-hmm. so they had street cred. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we figured, 
let's sort of see what it would look like if we rebooted the Trinity universe. Totally. Uh, so the idea at the time was to do sort of one main rule book and then do like a book called Scion and a book called Nova. So Scion would be set up sort of like Vampire had been where the rules are for playing Scions, but mm. at the back of the book, there's, you know, rules for playing in the 2120s as sort of the signature setting. Oh, okay. Right. Just like New Orleans and Vampire. Yeah. Um, and so it, it was a different setup than we're currently using. Um, but uh, once I brought that pitch to Rich, we waffled around it, discussed it for a bit, and we decided, you know, it's it's probably best just to stick with more or less what we did with first edition, where we release Aeon, and Aeon has rules for Scions in it. Mm-hmm. We release Aberrant, and that has rules for Novas in it, and so on. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had a blast playing in the core. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like not enough people give that credit. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we, we've done games on the podcast and like elsewhere where you're just playing talents, right? Yeah. I love that. I think it's fun. I'm glad. Like I am such a big fan of all the TV shows, but it's kind of modeled off. Like I watch mm-hmm. a lot of like week to week drama TV shows and things. Right. And so I've, I'm like sitting here, like I have a game where I can play as like Carrie Washington and Scandal. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, uh, one of my favorite reviews of the the core setting said that, you know, like most people, they were just planning on picking it up so that they could get Trinity or sorry, mm-hmm. Aeon or Aberrant later. Um, and they weren't expecting to enjoy the core rulebook by itself. Right. So uh, I think the quote was, um, this is actually a really good book and I'm kind of mad about it. <laughs> I just don't think there are enough, like, just straight up modern day adventure games, mm-hmm. right? Like, you're you're in the modern day. You can do various cool tricks because you're a little special. Yep. Um, just like most of our TV protagonists are, you know, they make mm-hmm. leaps that most people won't make because that's who we watch on TV for the most part. I mean, not on you know like certain shows, but you you know what kind of show I'm talking about? Your your yeah, leverages, yeah. your blacklists, your whatever. Right. Um, and that's awesome. And I think it's fun to play that because that's a genre that almost everybody is familiar with. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's a really common genre of television and of, of, of movie for that matter. Um, like if you gotta play like a mission impossible type thing, yep. do it with, with the Trinity core. Yep. Um, it is, it is perfect for emulating all those sorts of things. And like, I am glad that we've done some expansion on the core, mm-hmm. like doing things like assassins. Yep. Um, because I I love that. Like I, I I think that is something that should be celebrated. Yeah, it was something that was missing from the original edition, and I felt it was a very strong idea to start with. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to give people bang for their buck to make them feel like the core rulebook was going to be worth it. Not just the this is the rules you need, but here is a fun setting to use, and here are rules for talents, so you can do fun stuff with just this book. No, totally. I, I love it. It was, I mean, everything else was just updating in an earlier edition. So this this was sort of the first real new thing. Mm-hmm. And, well, we had a lot of fun with it. And I'm glad people have been taking to it because, you know, it's it's new. It's uh, like, I, I can I can claim all the responsibility I want for for the other games. But ultimately, I'm standing on the shoulders of the people who made uh, the D20 edition and the first edition. Right. But with this, this was this was just new. 
yeah, and that's that's very cool because I I think having a modern touchstone mm-hmm. for the continuum as a whole right. is is important now. It's a good it, starting point. Like, right, you, you don't need us to describe the world because you're looking at it. Right, and I can say like you make somebody who's a little bit special, like any TV character. You know exactly what I mean. Yes. You know, like I. I had so much fun playing the the hacker in the game that Eddie ran for us mm-hmm. because I was just doing television hacking. I was like, yeah. you know, oh, hey, if I can get a USB drive into this computer, can I copy its contents? And it's like, yeah, of course you can. You can't do that's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> but of course you can do that in Trinity because you're a you're a brilliant hacker genius. Yep. Um, you know, you can sit there and just type on hacker typer and make a car explode. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> because that's that's fun and it's it's funny, and you could have all kinds of different tones of games with this. You can have a very, very serious mission-based game. You can go all over the world because of the different organizations. This was sort of the first time we did the thing where each allegiance, rather than in games like Vampire or games like Aeon even, mm-hmm. where it's assumed that every sort of every group of players is probably going to have each player from a different allegiance, Mm-hmm. Uh, the core rulebook assumes everyone's going to be from the same allegiance and which one you pick sort of defines the kind of game you want to play. Exactly, exactly. Um, we, like, we, we play a lot of Aeon Trinity characters because that just makes sense when you're talking about pro- like promoting the game. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're all about helping people and they take people from all different walks of life to help people. Mm-hmm. So that's why you, you could still have very diverse characters. I mean, we've, we've talked about this on the podcast many times. We're like, try sometime in your vampire game playing an all-venture game or something. It, yeah. it can be really fun. Sure. But Trinity, assuming it, I think, makes a lot of sense. You, you can have, of course, cross-agency c- collaboration if you really want to. Right. It, it, it's not, not allowed. Mm-hmm. But um, I like assuming, like, okay, we are going to play a game with this allegiance or this this organization so everybody make your characters thinking about where you fit in this organization right like if it's going to be a Le Ferentone game like okay I know this is going to be a heist game yes. so I should probably be creating some sort of thief or some other person with you know those sorts of skills yeah and, and we're all going to be doing heists yeah go be fun. go make somebody from Ocean's Eleven you know right. like any of them just make one uh, yeah, so that's that's and also I I love heist movies. That's one of my favorite genres of, mm-hmm. of movie or TV show is a heist. So big big fan of that that organization specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then okay, so we have the core. Yes. And what makes the whole thing a continuum? I always like to ha- have you explain this for uh, for listeners. It's a continuum because it's not just a single timeline. <clears throat> it's mm-hmm. a a collection of timelines. It's a multiverse. So uh, while you know, the general assumption with RPGs is you're going to make it your own. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're codifying that. Every game is canon. Every mm-hmm. game takes place in its own timeline, in its own multiverse. If you want to cross over with something else, fine. If you want to use the first edition setting, that's fine. It's all canon. I don't mm-hmm. care. Just run with it and have fun. Yeah, which I, I mean... It... <sighs> I feel like the past couple of years, of course, have been like pretty big for multiverses, mm. uh, starting with Miles Morales, obviously. Yeah. Um, but then we have, of course, Marvel does multiverse stuff and um, everything everywhere all at once, which was an amazing movie, mm-hmm. um, is is very multiverse oriented. Yep. Uh, we're, and we're getting across the Spider-Verse part one, I think, next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we've had so much multiverse stuff now that I think people that were like 
into it as a topic or they understand it better, right? Because yes. I think that's the hard thing with, with multiverse is trying to explain like, no, everything happened and it is canon. Mm. It just didn't happen at somebody else's table because they're in a different timeline. And our intent has always been that, you know, we wanted to sort of firmly establish the core timeline first. Yeah. And now that that's happened, we're starting to branch out and look at other tangents, which is right. what we're calling them. Uh, so earlier this year, we released uh, the Phoebe Trust, which was a uh, story path tasty bit where scions, instead of emerging in the 2120s, emerge in the present. Mm-hmm. Or, or rather, you know, th- there's backstory where the, the events leading up to that start in about the 70s or so, but, you know, they're here in the present. And that's not part of the core timeline. Right. But that's cool. And mm-hmm. that's part of it. Also, it means that you can take whatever bits you want in your game or out of your game, any, like anywhere you want. So you can add tasty bits in if you want. You could add supplements in. You could take them out. It's really up to you because whatever's going on at your table is canon. Yeah. Like if you don't like the idea of assassins, okay, you don't have assassins in your world. That's fine. Yeah. I I love that because I love giving permission to players to just kind of do what they want mm-hmm. with both of our games. So the Continuum and Aeon, the, I, that's what I call the core, I guess. Sorry. The Trinity Core and Aeon came out in the same Kickstarter. Yes. Um, do you think that that has led to anybody thinking that Aeon is like the most official game? Or do you think like it, it generally people understand that they're all official cores on their own right because i know that we had some of that issue with like pugmire and people not getting the monarchies thing i haven't encountered that at Mm -hmm. worst i've had people who are confused because they're coming from a first edition standpoint Mm -hmm. where you had the rule book that was called aeon then you had a rule book that's called trinity and now we have a kickstarter with the book that says trinity and a book that says aeon Mm -hmm. so they're not sure which is which right not and like they may not necessarily know that there is a new core setting sort of thing Mm -hmm. so that's that's the biggest confusion i've encountered in terms of that but i haven't heard that's good thinking that you know one is more canon than the other or anything that's that's awesome um that that means we're doing our job i hope so uh so of course we've we've we did the original order for a couple things um we've added so many different times now Mm-hmm. to the original line because like like you said the original one had adventure it had aberrant and it had aeon yes so it was it was pretty like it was 2008 2120s and uh 1920s yep and now of course we have aether we have anima we have uh aegis which we, we've been talked the past few weeks about those two and about that about that and adventure mm-hmm. and assassins is sort of a, a half era yeah yeah and I just feel like, um, like we there there there's no limit when it comes to things we could add to this game. There really aren't. Which 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 makes me very happy. Like when we, we can we do a were, game set in the year three thousand. You know. Yeah. Uh, when we were originally um, sort of talking up the Trinity Continuum in podcasts before anything had been released. Right. Uh, Rich was on one, and he mentioned the possibility of doing a nineteen fifties game called Atomic. Oh yeah. Which would be fun. I um, forgot about that. Jeez. Yeah, that was a while back, um, and that was before we had announced uh, the game from beneath the sea. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're not averse to sort of repeating the same time period over different games. I mean, we have Aether, we have Victorian Mage, and we have uh, they came from beyond the grave. All of which cover the Victorian. So yeah, just very differently. 
it's fine. It's just, you know, we don't try to do them at the same time necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so enough time has come out since Beyond the Sea, or Beneath the Sea rather, that I think it's safe to think about doing an Atomic. Now, I'm not promising this is happening. A lot of people were talking about uh, Aegis as though it was a sure thing for a long time, and it was mm-hmm. not. Right. So I just want to make this very clear. This is a neat thing that I might want to explore, but I haven't put any thought into it whatsoever. But yeah, it it might be neat. It is among the, the many ideas I have for additional arrows. Yeah, I I would bet that you have ideas that I never even thought of or heard of <laughs> floating around in your head for Trinity. Because you, you do clearly love this game line. Yes, and I have been thinking about how to reboot it for about 15 years. So mm-hmm. a lot of ideas have popped up in that time. Anima was, at least my half of Anima, not what uh, Dominic added. My half of Anima was fairly well developed. Uh, mm-hmm. probably back in 2016. So oh, awesome! a long time ago. That was so much fun to work on. Mm-hmm. Like I, I loved working on anima. I still, it, it was funny. I, I was editing the jump starts for it recently. Cause we, we have two, we have a, a cascade jump start and a Terra surge jump start. Yes. Um, and I was editing them and having to reference my own work mm-hmm. <laughs> and being like, did I write that? Oh, I did. I it's did write work. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I just forgot. Like people who don't do like the 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 freelancing thing on the regular do not understand just how quickly the words that you write or edit just fall out of your brain. Like there Unfortunately, is yeah. No room for them. I didn't get that as a fan because I was reading all the stuff voraciously and just absolutely memorizing right. it. And you can tell because I invented a wiki. But it's different on the development end because Every single book you do, you're looking at about five different versions of it. Mm-hmm. So once you're done with that project, all of that information goes away so you can clear more room for the next thing. Right. I- exactly. And like some things will stick in your head. A lot of things won't. And when it comes to that one specifically, um, for, for Anima at least, I, I, I wrote the Terra Surge chapter, which mm-hmm. is mostly just modifying a lot of Dominic's work yeah. and, and, and rewriting and condensing because he, he had written so much about this world. Yes. Um, and even though I had a 30,000-word chapter, he had written more. Um, so a lot of times I would, I would like copy and paste some of his stuff in and then essentially edit it. Mm-hmm. Or I would rewrite it from, from, from scratch, depending on what it needed. Um, but that was so much fun to kind of do like a, a big edit and rewrite on somebody else's work that they clearly loved. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to keep the love there. Yes, absolutely. I wanted to make sure it was obvious that we, that was still like a really lovingly crafted game world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I didn't want to strip that away. I think I achieved it. But also I wrote that, I don't know, two years, three years ago. Right. And it was 30,000 words. I've, I have looked at so many hundreds of thousands of words since then. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it is, it is funny cross-checking your own stuff, which I am sure that you occasionally have happened with some of the newer uh, Trinity books. Sometimes, Maybe not the old stuff that you are, yeah. that 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 you have memorized, but yeah. Like some of the the freelancers sometimes say, "Oh, I got this note." I'm like, "Did I write that? Is that a, it? It looks like something I might have written." And mm-hmm. they're like, "No, we we only see the notes from the developer. We don't see the notes from you." Like, oh, all right. Sometimes I see a note from you, but that's usually just for me doing like a tasty bit. Yeah, it is rare. Yeah. Um. So of course we have our version of aberrant. Our mm-hmm. version of adventure. Um, do you want to kind of go through them in timeline order? 
Okay. Like, maybe. And you know then... what? I'll do reverse timeline order because that's more or less how we release them. Yep. Totally. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> okay. So we have Aeon, which is uh-huh. our science fiction game uh, set in, the, in 2123. Where you have psionic powers. Where you have psionic powers. If you think of psionics as biotics, the setting is very much similar to Mass Effect. It really is. And I wish that, like... I, I just want to play. I, I've never played Aeon. I've, I've never gotten to actually play it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I love Mass Effect. And I I I finally played the original trilogy because mm-hmm. uh, of the Legendary Edition. Yep. Um, and it it's was great. So and I like the Andromeda. I don't care what anybody says. Boo, 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 haters. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so, like, there's this game and I'm like, I want to play it. But as always, even if you work in this industry, it can be really hard to find a table. Yes. So you have... Uh... Ships that are co-created by uh, humans and aliens that are capable of jumping to distant locations. You have ancient aliens. You have a number of human colonies that are in peril. It's it's very Mass Effect, but I remind you, the original edition came out ten years beforehand. So mm-hmm. we're not we're not stealing anything from them. There's just a lot of mutual inspiration. Yeah, totally. Um, then there's Anima, which is set in 2084 which is the same time period as um, Don't Nods Remember Me and uh, hmm. Total Recall. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's our cyberpunk-ish game uh, set in the Federated States of America's new city of Cascade. Um, and everyone's sort of rebuilding in the wake of the Aberrant War, and they're seeking escape using their glass brain implants to uh, explore the uh, virtual world of Terran Surge. Mm-hmm. And shenanigans are happening. Lots lots of shenanigans are happening. There's a... That is one of my favorite setting secrets chapters. Mm-hmm. And definitely, if you want to just be a player, if you're going to be a player, I recommend skipping it. Yeah. Because it's more fun to find out in-game what's going on. Yeah. Uh, Aeon setting secrets, Aberrant setting secrets... A lot of that's just like nitty gritty details, like oh, that's what's going on with that one particular character. But this one, this was a big one. Yeah, this is where that we instituted, uh, like we told everyone on Discord and and our forums, if you're going to discuss this, put it behind a spoiler, or we might delete your message. Yeah, because it's 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 more fun that way. Yeah, it really just is. Like it is super fun that way. Even some of the jump starts when that spoiler thing comes in comes into thing, it's like don't let your players read this. Yep. Uh, cause yeah, I think it's really cool. And I, I like having secrets in setting that you get to find out, or mm-hmm. if you figure it out before it happens, mm-hmm. you get to feel really smart. Yep. Like whenever I watch some kind of like whodunit movie and I'm like, try and figure out who did it. The development of anima was almost spite based in a way. How so? Uh, well, for a long time, uh, anyone thinking of setting a game in between the period of Aberrant or Aeon, what would you do in that sort of game? Well, you have to do the Aberrant War. Mm. If you're sitting in between those two time periods, it has to be about the Aberrant War. I said, no, it doesn't. Also, can't 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 you just use Aberrant to do the Aberrant War if you really want to? Yes, you could. Yeah, like, go ahead. My opinion is that if we sat and described the Aberrant War, it's not going to be anywhere near as cool or horrifying as what you come up with in your head. Totally, yeah. I mean, there's, there's reasons why post-apocalyptic shows don't always show the apocalypse. Yep. It's, it's like not showing the alien in Alien, right? Yeah. It's more interesting that way. Like, a lot of people don't think about it, but Texas, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you never actually see Leatherface kill anybody in the original. It's 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 all off screen. Mm-hmm. Same with the shower scene in Psycho. Yep. Like, you don't see anybody get stabbed, but you know it happens. And it's probably scarier in your brain. 
and we hint at some of the stuff that did happen, but you know, it's it's more like here's how that affects us now, and not here's a look at the horrors of war, right? Yeah, it's actually really interesting because it has the same um, weight to not not saying what happened as Pugmire does, mm-hmm. um, in a very different way, right? Yeah, because in Pugmire you don't know, you, you you don't know what what happened to man, and that's that's great, and we're never going to tell you. Because uh, they're like every answer at your table can be canon. That's fine, mm-hmm. um, and we're not going to tell you what happened in the aberrant war because it's way more interesting if you think about what happened yourself. Like yep. what happens when super heroic powered beings fight so hard to destroy things. Like you've seen the Avengers movies, right? <laughs> and you know if if you're very powerful and you continue gaining power for decades by the time the war starts, mm-hmm. these are people of you know obliter- obliterating lands like the size of entire states. Like, if they're throwing quantum bolts at each other, what is that going to look like? Yeah, like, everybody in the Aberrant War is scale 10. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, speaking of, as we continue back in time, uh-huh. Aberrant, uh, set in 2028. Right. Which uh, is moved 20 years up from when it was in first edition. Unlike with Adventure, where it is literally 10 years later, but the events of the 1920s still happened. Mm-hmm. In this case, we just shuffled all of those events forward 20 years so it's still quote unquote the near future but the near future is different now than it was in first edition so all of the events that originally took place in 20 uh 2008 are now taking place in 2028 that's awesome yeah that it it it, it just makes sense too and i mean yeah in you know 10 years 15 years that'll seem dated but Mm -hmm. you know we'll have new things yeah like it's the sort of thing where i don't want to say like do like a a Mega Man thing where, ooh, this takes place in the year 2000XX. Right. It's it's perpetually the near future. That's great, but I want to put a date on it. Um, mm-hmm. And if we do a new edition, we might have to shuffle things forward again. That's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's fine to have a canon timeline in which these things happened within our fictional version of the world. It's a new timeline if it's a new edition. Yeah, exactly. There we go. Uh, <laughs> so, so it is less... A game about superheroes and more a game about people with superpowers mm-hmm. and you can absolutely be super heroic um and it's not as cynical and deconstructivist as first edition was mm-hmm. um because it like since first edition came out we had the spider-man movies we've had the x-men movies we've had uh the marvel cinematic universe we yeah. had we had you know the 4400 we had heroes we, we've had all of this hero media, aside from just like the first one, owed a lot to the original Watchmen comic. Mm-hmm. At this point, what if Superman was bad has been very much played out, and also Hero Onyx Path. We have a lot of games that are about dark subjects. Mm-hmm. We don't want to do that all the time. Yeah, I've I found that in the game of Aberrant that I've streamed, um, we were very much super heroic. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have to deal with the consequences of some things, you know, sure. like if you're fighting in a mall and you break the mall. Yeah, uh, that's that's a problem in real life. Yeah, it's not full on four color or anything. It's still trying to take a relatively realistic look at what the world would look like if people with superpowers suddenly manifested. Right. But it's not assuming from the get go that everything's going to go to shit. Right. Right, exactly. I mean, it will eventually because there's the Aberrant War, but well, that's, that, that, that is not happening in 2028. <laughs> that is another thing with the continuum. Each game mm-hmm. assumes that the past is true, but doesn't assume anything about the future. Oh, okay. So if you're playing Aberrant, the Aberrant War will happen if the PCs don't do anything. But, but by the fact that the PCs exist in your game, that means 
things have gone, you know, who can say what will happen? Maybe the Aberrant War does happen. Maybe it happens earlier. Maybe it doesn't happen at all. That's up to you and your group to figure out. That's fascinating. I've, I I love that take as well because, like, yeah, if you're playing Anima, yes, it happened. If you're yes. playing Aberrant, maybe it doesn't. Maybe, maybe you prevent it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you convert some of the weird ones to the good side, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I like that because I I like having hope in my games. I think that's the other reason that I I, I like Trinity so much mm-hmm. um, is is because it it is a very hopeful game. I feel like most of the games, aside from Assassins, really yes. steer toward being good people, mm-hmm. and that's one thing that I enjoy because so yeah, I've I've played a lot of Vampire. I've yep. played a lot of games where I was a not so great person, and it's fun to play those games. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Yeah, I no, just, love those. Yeah, I just was kind of tired of sort of living in that world and, and wanted to make something different. Exactly. And I, I, I'm I a huge fan of pretty much all superhero media. I've been playing Marvel Midnight Suns, um, mm-hmm. which is really fun, but crashes on my computer and is very buggy. I'm sorry. Um, it, it's okay. It's 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 a buggy little game, but it's, it's fun when it works. Um, and so, yeah, there's like... There's so much you can do in that space. Obviously, we've had everything now. Like, like the whole "what if Superman turned bad" thing. Mm-hmm. I enjoy in media sometimes when it's done well, but I understand that that's not for everybody. Like, we're, we're not sure. yucking your yum if you enjoy that kind of story. Because I'm a big fan of the boys. I'm a big fan of Invincible. I'm a big fan. I I enjoyed the movie Brightburn, and mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of people did not, and that's fine. Yep, that, those are like the three major things plus Watchmen. Because the, yeah. the film and the series have come out fairly recently. Yeah, totally. So there's been a lot of what if Superman was bad and a lot of first edition aberrant. Like when first edition aberrant dug into that, that was still fairly novel. That was an interesting question right. to ask. Now, right. a lot of people have asked that question. A lot of people have explored that. Let's look at some other things. Yeah, totally. That that makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back from that, we, 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 we talked about the core a little bit already, but if you want to give yeah. us the, the date and time for it and everything. Uh, the core is sort of the perpetual present. Now, mm-hmm. if you know your history, that does sort of overlap a bit with the first manifestation of Novas, but it's up to you if you want to pretend j- just Novas haven't erupted yet for whatever reason in this particular mm-hmm. branch of the timeline, or maybe Novas have and we're just not paying attention to them because we're looking at something else that's happening, or yeah. maybe your game is set before 2018, and so you don't need to worry about it. Totally. It's just vaguely defined. It's the present. Yeah. Also, it could be one of those, like, maybe they're in hiding. Maybe they don't want anybody to know there are Novas yet. Yep. So, yeah, it's it's a modern day action adventure. If you're playing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., sort of the, the scrappy underfunded S.H.I.E.L.D. of season two. If you're playing Uncharted, if you're doing uh, Mission Impossible, if you're doing, uh, I don't know, Charlie's Angels, MacGyver, all of that sort of mm-hmm. modern day, you know, maybe slightly futuristic action adventure shenanigans, big explosions, spies, punch outs, weird technology, just fun stuff. I want to play the te- the the support team in the new Quantum Leap. Mm-hmm. Uh mostly because I love Ian so much. I love Mace Alexander Park so much. <laughs> I've seen a trailer for the new Quantum Leap. Oh. Is it out yet? Yes, it's very good. Okay. It's on Peacock. I'm not see. sure I get that in... I, I don't know what you get, but yeah. that's that's the NBC streaming service. I'll have to look into it. I, I will just say to the audience, I fully recommend the new Quantum Leap. It's very diverse. Uh, they tackle some things that the original one didn't. It is not a reboot. It's a, it's a sequel. 
Uh, all the stuff with Sam oh, happened. Yeah. Good. Like Sam, Sam Beckett's out there. Some of his family is in play. There's stuff happening. Um, but I love Mason, Mason Alexander Park, who played Desire in Sandman. Uh, they are a wonderful non-binary character or, uh, actor, and they are also playing a wonderful non-binary character named Ian, um, oh. who is allowed to be very androgynous in the way they dress, and everybody uses the correct pronouns for them. And I just love that we're seeing more of that in TV between that and like our flag means death and a few other places. Um, it, it, it just makes me happy. That's great. Uh, but the show is really good, and it's great to see Quantum Leap with a very updated budget. They've already ordered extra episodes, I think, for season one. Oh, wonderful. Um, it's on break right now, but it comes back January 3rd. Cool. Uh, so I am super excited about Quantum Leap, and these, the support team is wonderful. And like just playing them as they try to like guide the new Leaper through everything would be mm -hmm. really interesting, because they're also trying to figure out mysteries back home while they're trying to get him back home. You know what? It only showed up a couple times in the original series, mm -hmm. but there, uh, there were evil leapers. Yes, I know, and there is. Did they show up in the new series. Uh, without being too spoilery, there are antagonists who know who Doctor Ben Song is. Okay. Uh, regardless of what face he is wearing. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, it is. It is the, very, very good. The evil leapers were cool, though. The evil leapers are very cool. We also have the original Ziggy in play. Oh, good. Um, and the voice actress is back too for Ziggy. Oh, the original. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. No, I love everything about it. I love, um, yeah, the, 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 the entire team is great. Um, and it's got Ernie Hudson leading the team mm. and he is canonically his character from the original show. Oh, good. So he is canonically a person who Sam leapt into, mm -hmm. who he then like, went digging in military files to figure out what the hell that was. Nice. Which I, I, I love. I love everything about it. Um, anyway, that's me just ranting about Quantum Leap. So this is a good segue to mention the upcoming Brave New Worlds, which covers time travel, among other things. I could put Brave New Worlds and mix it with... Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So if I you, you, you want to do your, your Quantum's Leap, you could certainly do that with Brave New Worlds. I freaking love Quantum Leap. Okay. Um, yeah. So that is super cool. We, we have we have so many supplements and we're never going to be able to get through all of them on this. Oh, no. Um, and also, we've already had pretty good deep dives into Adventure, Aether, and Aegis. So you'll probably leave those off the table for right now. Okay. I'll, I'll briefly step into Assassins. Okay. So Assassins also set in the modern day. Except you're playing, um, while the core's talents are uh, sort of your modern day action adventure hero, you have mm -hmm. quote unquote powers based on luck or skill. Assassins, uh, they're very specialized kinds of talents where yep. the, the point of their powers is the kill or the hunt and the kill. So... Um, they're, they're, because their powers are a bit more focused, they do tend to look a bit more supernatural. The sort of stuff like in Wanted when they can curve a bullet. Like right. st stuff that's pretty off the wall, but um, you know, maybe within the society there's just like, oh no, only special people can do this, and it's a certain kind of training you have to go through, but it's not a supernatural skill at all. Right. It totally is. I still think it's it, it's funny that the entire reason that came around was because Neil Neil Raymond Price watched all of the John Wick movies and played Hitman Two one weekend. Yes, and was like, "I want a game where you can do this," and then we made it happen. 
Um, because he was so excited about the idea of assassins, which I, I understand. The John Wick movies are great. I'm looking forward to number four. Yep. Uh, but like it was just funny because yeah, he'd be playing Hitman and being like, I can kill a guy with a blueberry muffin. And I'm like, you do you. Yep. And then uh 1930s adventure, pulp, uh 1890s Aether, uh Victorian shenanigans, and Aegis Ancient Greece. Yeah, that's that's a huge jump to ancient Greece from Aether. It, it is. Uh, I have a like a, a literal timeline laid out, and uh, I, I had to zoom out really far to to see everything on the timeline. And yeah. there's this cluster of about seven things around the year 2000, and then a huge gap, and then around 1200 BCE, there's another little point. Yeah, which I am I am super looking forward to Aegis having uh, recently replayed Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> Mm-hmm. which is a really great video game that's a great inspiration for ancient greece yes and uh also our sort of our particular version of it where uh it's not you know we're not relying on mythological creatures and the supernatural it's mm. still a trinity continuum game so just like uh, assassin's creed odyssey like it's still it still has a science fiction basis even though they're hand waving a lot of stuff right exactly which i think is very cool mm-hmm like, like I said, we've, we're taking a, a whirlwind tour of this continuum, which is huge, and it would be impossible for us to cover everything that there is. But if you could recommend, let's say, three supplements oh. that you think people should get. Oh, Jesus. I know, don't, I know. I'm, I'm messing with you. Don't do this to me. Okay, 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 okay. No, I, I, can do, I can do this. I can do this. All right. For I mean, you should get all of them, but I'm just trying yes. to get Ian to pick the three favorites. They might even be the best ones generally, just favorites. Because we, we all have our favorite babies, even though we say we don't. Yes. Well, okay. Number one is going to be Polyphemus. Yep. I knew I knew you were going to say that, which yeah. is why I asked. I was just yeah. trying to, you know, make myself feel better. Yes. So <laughs> Polyphemus is a story path tasty bit that Dixie and I worked on together. If you like playing Control, you like the SCP Foundation, you like Warehouse 13. X-Files. You like all that stuff. X-Files. If you like a weird government organization that lives in brutalist architecture and investigates weird shit. This is uh, a very dense nine pages that lets you do that. Yeah, I'm I'm really proud of what we did on that one because yeah. I I I wrote part of it. Ian wrote part of it. I use a lot more of Ian's words than you usually use. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you 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 tend to have ideas about things, and then other people write it. And I'm like I'm like you know what you want to say, Ian. Just write yeah. some of this. When when Dixie proposed, I want to do a thing that's like control. I just sort of word vomited and sent like a huge document also and... you had already like thought about this you had a logo yeah yeah <laughs> you you named it because you have a really good reason for the name i'm, I'm like all right all right yeah yeah I, I i think about stuff and sometimes i get to use some of it that's which is awesome yeah so what are the other two um probably one of the ones with the most utility is uh prometheus unbound which is our sci order book for aeon Mm-hmm. That goes into detail on each of the eight Psy orders that exist or used to exist. And it's it's a pretty big book and it, it covers a lot of history and it provides a lot of further information on uh, the various organizations and a lot of new, uh, new paths to pick, which is uh, fun for sort of creating more specialized characters where you're part of a specific department instead of just part of the Psy order as a whole. Totally. I'm trying to think stuff that's actually available and not stuff that's... That's in coming production. up. Yeah. yeah, there's so much stuff coming up that's going to be so good. Um, 
I I personally like the Aberrant comic. It's not actually a supplement. It's just fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, you are not alone. Yeah, and that was yeah, that was a fun one. I enjoyed that. Just for sheer fun of reading it, I would say Swine and Cheese Party. Yep. Okay. Yeah, which we talked about at the beginning. Um, but yeah, that's 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 just fun to read. Everything, of course, covers a different little niche area of it. We have Best of What I Do. We have Hated and Feared. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we're working on Brave New World. Like, there's, there's so many. Like, I love all of the books because they're all just so interesting. Because we have so many writers and developers, Ian Chief among them, who mm. is, uh, who are just excited to add things to these universes. Like, there's so much stuff that I want to write about that we just don't have room to do. Either because, like, hey, we can't, you know, excuse putting, like, making a supplement about this one very specific thing. Or, you know, we just don't have room on the schedule or, you know, this book hasn't even been approved or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, th- there's a lot of things floating around in my head that's probably never going to see the light of day. But the stuff that is going to see the light of day is still excellent work. Exactly. And I mean, that's that's why I love the flexibility that we have to do things like Tasty Bits. Because mm-hmm. um, they are super, super helpful uh, when sure. it comes to being able to throw out like a, a small idea that wouldn't mm-hmm. be a book. Uh, with all that said, uh, where can people find you and talk to you about Trinity? <laughs> well, now that uh, certain websites are crashing and burning, um, I-, I think I've updated my link tree. So it's got the most recent links to various social media. So check that out. It's linktree slash Von Aether, V-O-N-A-E-T-H-E-R. Uh, I'm still on Twitter for now, but we'll see where that goes. Yeah, I you can find me pretty much everywhere at Dixie Cyanide, but our Discord is probably the best place to chat with most of us because yep. uh, we do tend to hang out in there, moderate it, things like that. Um, and, and definitely, there's tons of actual plays for Trinity floating around on YouTube. If you're interested in watching any of them, not not just ours, people that have done other ones. So mm-hmm. yeah, do you have anything you want to say before we end? Play more of my games. Play more of Ian's games. Yeah, please, please. do it. Okay, Ian's gonna say please. I'm saying do it. Go and do it. It's fun. The games are fun. Yeah. All right. With all that said, thank you for listening. Many worlds. Bye.